Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Standard Definition, the Retro Nostalgia Podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. This is an MCU in review episode. So if you haven't watched the first three of this particular series, go ahead and check those out. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deerigan, alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laron Dawkins. Stay thirsty, my friends. I'm very, I'm very thirsty. Ready? <laughs> My water bottles. My water bottles over there. I'll get in a moment. Well, I'm thirsty because I have a box of cinnamon toast crunching on my desk, and I'm just kind of picking it. Also joining us is none other than Mr. Mark Pereira. Hello. Hi, Mark. Hi. You've gotten high marks on this show from people. Well, I'm just fantastic. Is what the thing is. Mr. Fantastic. Maybe. Ah. <laughs> Show me your stretches. I don't. I, how's that? Is that good? That's good enough. It's well, fine. <laughs> Man, guys, we're here. We're we're doing it. This episode, it's all about the God of Thunder, the first yes film, Thor, first Thor film, I should say. Uh, very uh mixed feelings about this one this is a mixed this, bag this across polari- the board this, this is a polarizing film definitely seems be. that way definitely uh seems that <laughs> way. mark did you say it shouldn't be <laughs> it shouldn't be a polarizing film hmm. well we're we're gonna get into it but the reasons why i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna pull stephanie and read the housekeeping right away she does that where she like intros the show she does the housekeeping before she intros the guests and uh she's well, just down to business i know she's, she's just, just she's just ready to go yeah this is standard definition the retro nostalgia podcast here on the boss rush network where each and every sunday we come together with our friends from around the internet to talk about games movies shows and other topics that make us nostalgic you can support us <coughs> you can support us and get the show two weeks early by heading over to patreon patreon.com slash boss rush network or subscribe on free feeds if you listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, please leave us a five-star review. You can also catch all of our content on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe. And on BossRush.net. Uh, the merch store. Get your Marvel MCU standard def shirts. They are flying off the shelves, everybody. And by flying off the shelves, I just mean they're there. You can order them, and they'll send you one. So they'll, I'm sure they'll fly it from wherever they're being made to the United States. See? It works. It does. It does. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, there's also other things you can buy from our other shows. So you can also get our Indiana Jones shirt and our Disney standard def shirts as well. So please pick one up. Anyways, we're here to talk about Thor, guys. Thor? Yes. The God of Thunder. Thor is the fourth entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, directed by Kenneth Brana. Is that how you say it? Brana? 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 Brana. Brana. Yeah. Uh, The film starred the relatively unknown at the time, Chris Hemsworth, and Tom Hiddleston as Thor and Loki, respectively, as well as Natalie Portman as Jane Foster. It released on May 2nd, 2011. Now, I got to tell you, I was looking up other notable films that year. This was a good year for movies. Good year for movies. Also... The one year that Fox's Marvel probably beat out 
<laughs> Marvel's Marvel. Uh, other notable films, X-Men First Class. I will stand by that that is the best X-Men movie. I'll stand Ooh, here and say the First best? Class? Yep. First Class? Yeah. Better than Days of Future Past or X2 or Logan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it better than all those. I didn't like. Oh. I didn't care for Logan like at all. Wow, first class. Yeah, the first class. This man. podcast anymore, guys. I gotta go. <laughs> Lord, Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows. Another that great was, yeah. flick. Now, yeah, that was good. Yeah, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, which was a weird film I never, I never saw that. it was it was weird it was, had daniel craig and who else was in it john favreau i think directed it right and uh, i think olivia wilde was in it too yeah it was weird oh, right. it was right. it, i don't remember any of that movie i just remember i saw it at, at some point pirates of the caribbean on stranger tides that mm, i like pirates of the caribbean but that movie not good also way too long uh <laughs> green lantern that great film. <laughs> Man, we're just hitting all the good ones. Uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. That is a great film. Great, great film. Cars 2, terrible film. Super terrible. 8, uh, In Time, that weird Justin Timberlake movie where like they have like their how long they have to live like on their arm and they yeah do like bounty hunting for more time to live or whatever. It was such a good setup and such a good premise, but it just wasn't executed well. I'd love to see them take another crack at that because that's such an interesting concept. But yeah, well, that was a time when Justin Timberlake also was trying to be a movie star after his singing career, and it didn't really pan out. Like, I mean, he was he was in that. He was in uh, uh, Social Network. He was in. There's some other things that he was in. Just Friends or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was in Just Friends. He was like the weird, like not the, Just Friends. Um, just the, the Friends, Friends with Benefits. That's the one. That's the one. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Immortals, which was kind of a three hundred looking ripoff. Uh, Warrior, that movie with uh, what's his name that plays Venom, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. As, Tom Hardy. Yeah, that was a good movie. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was pretty good. Uh, Limitless, Drive, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Good movie. Yeah, so those all came out in 2011. Thor had a budget of $150 million and made $449 million at the box office. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I got to tell you, that's all I got for Thor. It's this movie. Wow. It's wow. It's so good. Wow. I, it's fantastic. You know, Mark, all I can say is, wow, this movie. Yeah, I, I would say, wow. I, I yep. agree. I, I agree. Wow. Wow. All right, podcast over. Good job. Good job. No, 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 over, no, 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 so, no, not, not that type of wow. So, Mark, you're you're clearly the highest on this movie out of all three of us. Uh, yes. I'm going to start with you. Overall impressions of Thor. Yeah, Ten I years was... later. <laughs> 11 years loved ago. this movie when it first came out and i love it even more now it is <clears throat> so not a superhero movie and i love superhero movies but i love i mean the choice in director like this was the first time that they really chose like like john favreau now is known as like a really great director but back then wasn't so much but kenneth branagh like 
he brought to the table. He is a noted Shakespearean director, Shakespearean actor, and they just bringing him to the table as director really, in my opinion, elevated this film. Um, and it is, it's so just the, the, the whole struggle between father and son and brother. I don't love the parts in New Mexico. I don't love the parts where it becomes like a real MCU type movie, but, but when, but the scenes in Asgard and the scenes between Thor and Odin and Loki are just, they have so much weight. They're so well acted. They're so Shakespearean in scope. They're so beautifully shot. It is the score is fantastic the first time that like the score really stands out in a marvel movie i'm a huge fan of this film wow that's all i can say wow uh hey cory yeah who, who, who's gonna tell him you are who's tell him Mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 all right um um, I, you know what I said it before, like, and I will say it again. Um, first of all, this is the, um, this is the second time I've actually seen this movie because the first time it didn't leave the best impression on me. Um, so when it, so when it actually came out on Blu-ray, like I did buy the Blu-ray, but I never cracked the Blu-ray open to watch it. So that's, that shows how much of an impression it left on me when I saw it in theaters. Cause I saw opening week, opening weekend on in theaters. So you're saying it's good enough to buy. Yes, well, it's good enough if you're a collect if if you're a collector, it's good enough to buy. You know, like you don't you don't just you don't just shirk the collection because you, you had one you had one bad you know bad outing. Um, but um, but for everything that Mark just said, I basically am saying the opposite. It is it is an it is an okay it's an okay it's an okay action movie. It's not a good comic book movie um it's it's honestly hmm. as i was watching it i was like man i didn't realize there was so much fantasy element to it you know like a lot of it it seemed like a giant fairy tale you know which maybe that's what they were going for you know in the um in the overall in the overall thing but you also got to remember i'm also a guy who i've always had a hard time reading the thor comics so so yeah like this movie already was like looking down the down both barrels of, of the gun you know we're looking up both barrels of the gun. Um, <clears throat> some, some, the comedic elements were great though. Like that was the one that was one of the movie strong, strong suits, you know, especially like Kat Dennings interactions and all that stuff. I just love that girl. She's clearly <laughs> the, she's the best part of the whole movie to me. She is. Yeah. Oh, her, oh, goodness. Her, 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 her and Hiddleston, which is funny because like, like if you look at, if you look at Loki now, mm -hmm. like this, this is, is almost a, very, a Loki movie. Yeah, well, that yeah, they should have called it Loki and not Thor, you know. But um, but the crazy part about it is if you, you look at if you look at how like we progress with Loki the character, <laughs> Mark this is like the so angry. I know, I'm so mad like, right now. <laughs> this is like the stiffest Loki performance I'd ever I'd ever seen. And you know, the sad part is I didn't remember how stiff it was because I'd only seen the movie once. Yeah, so, but this is this is his this was their first outing as these characters, right? And they had I a Shakespearean know. director. Right, which oh, I know. like a lot of that stuff is super stiff anyway. Like I mean, I I feel like that combination right there really kind of like it I'm didn't. Looking... I mean, it didn't it didn't allow the characters to like breathe in a way because like this is this these were how these characters were directed and designed for this movie, 
Yeah, yeah, true. And uh, let's be I, honest, I they say, probably didn't I, have a clear path of how, like, you you can't look at this Thor and be like, oh, he's clearly the Thor in Thor Ragnarok, you know, like. It, no, no, 1,000% no, no. agree. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, you're agree. right, you're right. You're yes. right. I, I will admit, I will admit, I'm being probably harsh because I'm looking at this as my as myself in 2022 right. after seeing 20 plus Marvel movies at this point. Right. You know, versus where, versus where I was at in 2011, where in 2011 I was like, mm, it was an okay movie, but you know, now I'm paying attention to all sorts of things because like we, we pointed out in the last four episodes of Standard Definition that that there is like there's like there's ether there's lungs there's legs to like how all these cogs are put in motion as early as the first iron man movie we're mm -hmm. starting to see all these we're starting to see all these little subtle hints these drops and everything and so it's hard to ignore that you know even you know even for this type of rewatch where we're supposed to be just coming into it with a fresh perspective mm -hmm. something like that uh you know what actually no i was gonna say my rating for the movie but we did that later no, so i'm doing I, that I later won't. Yeah, I, 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 like, look at that. <laughs> Mark got all bug eyed. He got all bug eyed. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Uh, over overall, though, there was some entertainment value in it. The only problem is, is that is, it's just. It just didn't move the earth for me. It, it didn't move the earth for me in 2011, and not moving the earth for me now in 2022. Yeah. And and oh, and, oh, and uh, spoiler alert! I actually think Dark World is better than this movie. <laughs> Mark's face. Wow. I don't. Wow. I don't remember the dark wow. world. At, I don't remember the dark world at all. Like zero. The only part I remember is like, oh whatever. What? Yeah. The only part know. I remember. We're gonna it, save it for the dark world. And <laughs> I actually think that this is the beginning of Thor Ragnarok, where he's hanging upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then no, I don't remember Dark World at all. <laughs> I, I oh I remember spoilers for Dark World if you haven't seen it. So skip ahead five seconds. All I remember is that like Loki fakes his death. I think Loki's always faking I mean, his death. You could say that about anything, and you would probably be right. You could say all I remember about Hawkeye is that Loki fakes his death, and you'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, that happened." <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, for me, like, it's not that this is a bad movie. It's it's not a bad movie, but but. This is the first time I felt like, and, which is funny because this actually has like the highest budget of all the movies so far. Like, it felt like a low budget movie. <laughs> like the the town, the New Mexico town they're in, looks like a set. It looks like a set. Like the way it's yeah. shot, the way like the buildings are all kind of lined up, right? And like then there's nothing around them. And I get like there's towns like that. I do, but like this literally looked like a movie set. And, uh, man, no consistency on Thor's face makeup or <laughs> eyebrow dye or beard dye or anything, right? Like, like every shot, they were a different color. And it's just like, it bothers me. Like, it bothered me to begin with because I remembered his eyebrows were dyed in this movie. I remembered that. I was like, that's going to bother me the whole time. And I couldn't stop staring at them the whole time I was watching the movie. And then they would change colors throughout the movie. I'm like, what are you doing? So, but, uh, I do, I really do like Kat Denning's character. I think she's hilarious. I like, uh, Eric, uh, what's his name? Selvig. Selvig. Yeah. I, I like his character. I think he's a great character that he's continued to play throughout the, the MCU. Uh, I, 
I don't know, the Asgard stuff just it didn't do it for me. And like I think it's just because like I'm not a fantasy guy and maybe that has a lot to do with it. Like I know this is blasphemy on the Boss Rush Network, but like I don't like Lord of the Rings, right? Oh, if, oh, no, no, no. I, I, I stand by that. I stand by that sentiment, too. And so, like, this just reminds me of, like, pretty Lord of the Rings to an extent. And I'm just like, I don't. Are you are you like me? Do you have a problem with fantasy? I mean, it, it sometimes, but I also. Well, I mean, when, but, I say, when I say problem, I don't mean, like, you hate fantasy. It's more yeah. like you can't, like, latch on to, like, yeah, what's going on. Yeah, magic, but, magic but there's, sucks with me. But there's certain, but there's certain things I do like in fantasy. I like Zelda. I like The Witcher. So like, I don't, I don't see, know what see, it is. The stuff in Zelda, the stuff in Zelda. Well, you know what? Honestly, the stuff in Zelda is like simple magic. So you know, it's it's okay. And the stuff in Witcher, the, the stuff in Witcher is like is like game fantasy in all seriousness. It it, it really is. You know. Yeah, but um, like, but but you know, like, but when I we're don't talking like. About, I like I like The Witcher, but I don't like Skyrim, right? Like I I I don't know what it is. Like it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. You're still a guy slashing around with swords, shooting magic out of your fingers. Like you go do whatever you want, whatever you want. Like it's the same thing. I don't understand why I like one and not the other. So like, <coughs> so coming back to this, it's like well, and I like The Witcher TV show, like. I, I don't know. I don't understand why I this just didn't do it for me, but it just didn't do it for me. Um, I think the Earth stuff works a lot better than the Asgard stuff for me. <laughs> oh my God. Mark is so mad. <laughs> That's going to be the thumbnail of the episode. Yeah, right. That instead, of, instead of like the Thor cover art, it's just going to be Mark's face going... With Thor yeah. written across it. <laughs> That's That's fair. I'm not um, sure. <laughs> I thought the uh, uh, Lady Sith and the Warriors 3 were okay. Like, I, they were better than I remember them being. I, but then, like, at the, at the end, like, in the town where he's fighting this giant metal fire shooter guy, it's just like, and, and it's just like, what are you doing? And, and they're like, is this one of Stark's? I'm like, oh, well, there's your tie-in, I guess. Sure. Uh because there really wasn't a lot other than that. And then I think you see the Infinity Gauntlet in the the archive room or whatever. Right. Uh, so that's actually like, that was actually like the, was that the first tease of like the Infinity stuff? I don't know if it's in this one or if it's in Thor the Dark World. But in one of them, when, when you're in the weapons vault, yeah. it walks past it and it's, yeah it's sitting there I, th- I think it was i think it was dark world because dark world is where they actually started talking about the infinity stones okay right okay so i don't know I, this this movie felt like it had the right idea it it to me it just didn't execute i don't know i do like the part in the bar where they're drinking the the boiler makers or whatever yeah, and yeah. Thor doesn't get drunk at all <laughs> and he just gets blasted That's yeah pretty funny uh, so I don't know this, this, mo- it just, man, I, 
I was at the point probably like halfway through thinking like, man, this movie's so long and it had only been like 45, 50 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, it was, I, it was, gonna, it was kind of dragging. Cause I, I did, I did catch myself kind of like dozing, you uh-huh. know, at certain, certain points. And the whole time I was just like, Oh, I cannot wait for two weeks from now when we can watch Captain America and just be happy. <laughs> favorite. My, my, my favorite scenes in the movie all had, all had Coulson in them. So there you go. <laughs> So he's a so great character, I say, though. I, I will say this: there's a lot that's bad about this movie and that doesn't work. But the initial pitch for this meeting and what won Kenneth Branagh the directing role was he came in and everyone who came in before pitched it as a, you know, tights and flights superhero whatever film, and he came in and said this is a movie about fathers and sons, and that's what won him. The I mean, I, I I get that. And so that right there if you boil it down to fathers and sons the scene with where where thor gets banished the scene where loki finds out that he's not as guardian and he's he's from jotunheim those scenes are carry so much weight and carry so much um even though it's set in this fantastical world it carries so much realism and it's so authentic and it's so well acted i feel like those scenes that those scenes carry all of the ridiculous parts of the movie where the last third is absolutely ridiculous and i agree Mm -hmm. but they're they're so just beautifully done Mm -hmm. and it, it so so when you go back to the thesis of what this movie is fathers and sons and you look at that it really is i think the fantastic character study in in family strife and that's why i love thor so i mean there's two types of movies that i love more than anything in the world one is fish out of water movies and the second is family drama and this is a marriage of both and so that's why i love this movie so much but those scenes on asgard are what i love about this movie I, but I will agree with you. There are other parts of this movie that are don't hold up to the standard of the MCU, even back then in 2011. That could have been a lot better. I really, I think, in all honesty, I know I said Cat Dennings was the best part of this movie, and like that's partially true. But I also think like Loki and like seeing where Loki is now, and not really even remembering a lot of what happened in this movie to Loki. Right. I mean, I think he still was like planning to trick them. Right. I mean, I, I still think he wanted to become king or whatever. But like seeing what happened to him with the frost giants and everything, like gave him a strong motivation. And like, I think I I think Loki was the best part of this movie. And it, it honestly, like you change a scene here and a scene there. This could have been a Loki movie and really like. I don't know, and I, I get that this movie was kind of setting Loki up as, like, a future villain, right? Especially in the Avengers, and, like, obviously now we have the show and everything, and, like, I still think that that character is great, but, like, seeing him go through that and, and like, watching like watching him turn blue when they, when they grabbed him, right? And that was, yeah. like, mm-hmm. seeing the look, that he, he sold the look, like, he sold it, and, like, that's something I can't really say about a lot of other characters in this movie is that like they sold it. Like to me, 
uh, Anthony Hopkins like phones it in, totally phones it in. And even at the end, where like Thor's like, all I wanted you to do is be proud of me, and he's like, I'm always proud of you, and he taps him on the pr- on the shoulder shoulder and walked away. I was like, what? Are you real? That's it? Like you that there's no emotion in that sentence. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like I feel like Tom Hiddleston is like the shining star of this entire movie. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, just that scene where he finds out he's from Jotunheim and he screams at his dad. He says, "Tell me," and he screams it, and it's like you can mm-hmm. feel the desperate like like that scene and and Thor's banishment scene. I think are are in the upper echelon of well acted, mm-hmm. uh, like the best acted scenes in. MCU movies and maybe even superhero movies. I mean, they are yeah. so well done. Tom Hiddleston hat. He can really convey pain and yes. anger very well. And like, yeah. sometimes people have a hard time when they act like yelling and emphasizing a point. He has, he, he, he has such great emphasis when he yells, whether he's in pain or he's angry or he's like, you know, becoming, you know, excited or whatever. Like his yelling, his emotional yelling is top tier in my opinion. Yeah. And really sold the Loki performance in this movie mm-hmm. and obviously into the future, but specifically this was, he was just awesome. He's, he's the best part of this entire movie hands down. Uh, I, any, any other overall thoughts before we kind of move into some of this other stuff? I mean, I kind of mentioned this before, but I think that this is, for, for me, I'm a huge a fan of uh, scores of movies. That's what I listen to while I work, because I can't listen to music with lyrics, because then I'll like be writing an email and I'll write the lyric while I'm working. Yes. So um, so I listen to a lot of, of music, uh, movie scores, and um, this is the first time, composed by Patrick Doyle, I feel like that that it's a truly, like, like thought out and composed world musically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like overall, like I, I just really love the music. And one of the things that, that I, it kind of disappoints me about Thor is that I feel like this character of Thor and this world that they built is never touched upon again. Mm-hmm. Thor, the dark world is a much different Thor than, than, than this Thor Asgard is different. And I'll, I'll, I'll agree that this Asgard feels very lifeless and not inhabited. And they try to explore that a little bit more in future movies, but, and then Thor is completely different in Thor Ragnarok, which I appreciate the comedic chops that Chris Hemsworth brings to the role. And I like Thor Ragnarok, but I'm, but I, this movie just has such a, a regalness to it in, in everything that's done and that I don't think continues on in other films. And so overall, just, I really if you like to listen to musical score or movie scores, I would I would highly recommend Patrick Doyle's score for Thor. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you in the sense that like Chris Hemsworth, this this Thor never shows up again. Right. Uh, I mean, I remember him being a little bit uh, less stiff in dark in the dark world. I I remember yeah. him being more kind of like. I don't want to say casual, but you know, a little, little more, had a little more life in him and a little less Shakespearean in a sense. Um, yeah. And that's probably because of the change of director, right? I'm right. They changed directors for that second movie. 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I just that I think that maybe that's what got me too. Is like it just felt really stiff. The Asgard stuff felt stiff. Uh, and maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just why I didn't really get attached to it so much. The, the Thor, the Thor movie series, I feel has had the the least amount of cohesion. You know, as far as like Absolutely. storytelling goes. You mm-hmm. know, and that then that definitely weakens it overall. In, in all honesty, like you know, like Thor, the the brand, the Thor branch, you know, mm-hmm. which is why I'm really hoping. Well, I mean, Taika Waititi is coming back to the, he's he's back to as director of um of Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, and so, he also he also contributed to some of the Thor scenes in Guardians Three. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So we're gonna see. We're probably gonna see the most cohesion that we've seen in a while. You know, from Thor, mm-hmm. because uh, because like the because like. Cause like outside of um outside of it, you know um you know Thor's cohesion seems only only to to matter, you know in Marvel uh you know Marvel Avengers Endgame, you know, right. um yeah because you know like spoiler alert they were time traveling so you know like everything they did was in a moment that you know like pulled together an entire like storyline of phases one through three, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and there's like things, there's like questions that come up in this movie. Like the the Rainbow Bridge is the only way that they can access other worlds, and it gets destroyed. But then in Thor Ragnarok, they're flying spaceships, right? So they can go to other worlds just by flying on spaceships. So, so there's a lot of the mythology of Thor within the MCU itself falls apart in this movie, and there's so mm-hmm. many questions well, that arise from that. But well, Loki did say there's other ways to get to where you need to go in this. Yeah, movie. but he was talking. He was talking. He was talking more subversive ways. He wasn't talking more direct. I know. Ways. I know. But like, I mean, that's kind of where they left the door open, saying, "Oh, we can fly a spaceship from you know trash planet to Earth right. if we need to. trash planet." <laughs> well, there's a line in Avengers where Loki says something like, "How much dark magic did Odin have to muster to get you here back to Earth, or something?" So there's. Just, I just. I, I agree with you 100%, Laron. There, there's no cohe- – it's the least cohesive story within all of the MCU. Um, even in stories where, like, you've got Terrence Howard as playing uh, 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 Rhodes and then you've got Don Cheadle playing Rhodes. Like, that is more cohesive than the story of Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, when you kind of close one eye and just kind of appreciate the film for just on its own, if you liked the film – I feel like it really stands on its own. Mm. It's a, right, I'm I'm going to save this for our ranking stuff because I still have a lot to say of like how I feel about the film and exactly, but like I feel like it pertains more to like the ranking stuff. So, uh, so character wise, let's talk about some of the characters. Chris Hemsworth plays Thor, the titular character. This dude is jacked in this movie. Yeah, no. Like, like and and I think and I think the, uh, the the movie he was in previous was uh, was was Black Hat where he was like some skinny ass like mm-hmm. computer programmer dude <laughs> or like he was also uh uh and he was the, uh what's his face in the first Star Trek reboot. Oh yeah, well, yeah. George, George George Kirk, but yeah, yeah. like he was kind of he was kind of beefy in that movie though. It, he was so jacked in this movie that he went in to fit for his costume and they measured him and everything. And then the day that production was supposed to start, he put his costume on and he was so much more jacked then 
that they had to like remake his costume because he was bulging out of his costume. Which is also which is also <laughs> why most of the movie he was in street clothes. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, because he's too huge. It's too huge. Uh, he was. I mean, he did all right. I think. I mean, I kind of take it as like how he was directed, right? But I think he did. I think he did a fair job of playing Thor, right? I at this point, I, I don't know if I could see anybody else playing him. Yeah, that's the same thing I was thinking. I can't, I can't think of anybody else that would fit that role. I mean, Tom I mean, Hiddleston you know, did, did. Uh, oh, did a wonderful job of Loki. No, he. Oh, he, he, he auditioned, auditioned, auditioned for, for Thor. Right. Thor. Yeah. How would that have worked? Right. Oh God, no! It, it wouldn't have. He's so much better as Loki. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting with the casting of this movie so far with Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and the Hulk, they really went hard on the kind of stunt casting and not in the sense of it was bad casting and just big names, but like they really went hard on big name actors. And Mm. for, for this next one, they really, I mean, they got the big name actors in Natalie Portman and Anthony Hopkins and even Rene Russo might, one might argue, but, um, but with the two leads, they went with like really unknowns. Like mm-hmm. Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth was in, you know, big in, in Australia. But in, in terms of U.S. box office, he wasn't really, except for that one Star Trek scene, um, which was a really impactful scene. But it, you know, besides that, he wasn't really in anything else. And so they really took a gamble on this one, which they hadn't done before. I mean, they took gambles in other ways with their casting, but but they went for big names before, but now they were like started to do kind of the blueprint that they followed really a lot in their first films moving forward, where they cast a relative unknown, a young actor that they could kind of lock in for three, six, nine more films and they'd have a lot more life in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite scene in this whole movie is when they're at the diner and he smashes the coffee cup on the ground. He's like, another. What are you doing? I want another beverage. Nah, my, nah, my, favorite, my favorite scene is where they hit him outside the freaking hospital. Oh, yeah. yeah the second time. They oh, hit yeah. Him. yeah. The second time they hit him. Are you kidding me? I swear I'm not doing this on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, the fight where he's trying to infiltrate the camp to get the hammer, right? That was yeah. pretty. Like that, that was, was really that cool. was good. With, that was with good. Hawkeye. Yeah. The Hawk. And yeah, he's yeah. just sitting up in the thing, and God, he like I thought Hawkeye was going to be so bad after this, this his first appearance. Like right. I know he only has like one or two lines in this movie, but it, it's just like it comes off as like, oh, I showed up on set for like a day because I'm right. going to be important in the future type a lot i i don't know there's so many things where i'm like you didn't have a better take of this or like you couldn't have you couldn't have them come in and like dub over this for like you know 10 minutes or whatever i don't know there's right. just little things like that that i thought you know it, that scene or uh, there was another scene that i kind of i forget now but man like it just you didn't have a better take of that like was he filming like the the born legacy at that time or something like what was he doing other than Hawkeye you know what I mean right so uh, that he had to be somewhere I I'm I was just like ah oh, man but 
it was it was cool to you know see Hawkeye and and Nick Fury obviously is in it uh, at the end I think right that's the only yes. time is yeah, that the, the only time, time we see him it? yeah yeah uh, oh the post credit scene right, right yeah and uh, yeah I I don't know I just I just I I think Chris Hemsworth did a great uh, great job for what he was directed to do and and obviously like I couldn't see him playing any other. I couldn't see anybody else playing Thor. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of excited for Thor Love and Thunder, by the way. <clears throat> that logo totally looks like a Thundercats logo, by the way. It does, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's going to be good. I I miss a little bit the Thor of old, but I do I enjoyed Thor Ragnarok a lot, and I think this is going to be good, too. Um, yeah. So, Loki played very ably by tom hiddleston also kind of an unknown at the time uh i i like i said earlier he's i think he's the best acted character in this entire movie um i don't really know what else (laughs) i don't know what else we can really say about him in this movie except that you know he was awesome Uh, anybody have anything to say about anything else to say about tom hiddleston no um no i mean I, I, I love Tom Hiddleston. Like, um, like I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really before before Thor. I really didn't know who who the guy was. Honestly, I didn't. You know, yeah. Um, I don't think but, anyone did. This was his first like real big role. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I mean, he'd been around for he'd been he around a, for. A I think he was a. Bit, but, you know. I think they hired him because he's a state. He was a stage performer. I think he uh-huh. did Shakespearean stage performances. With Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like um, like like, I've but since but since then, like I've paid attention to like his acting career, his acting trajectory since you know since this and man, like the guy's amazing. The guy's amazing. Like I like, like I I wouldn't have thought that I would have um that that Loki the series would have wound up being one of my more favorite like Marvel M- MCU like like TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I was like oh it's Loki you know they're basically gonna gonna you know tie this character up in a bow and, you know, like send them off on his way and stuff like that. And basically it, it basically that and one division combined, you know, like, tr- like, like that basically ushered in phase four. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, WandaVision. I love WandaVision. I've thought about, I've re- I thought about rewatching it the other night. I'm rewatching it right now. Uh, shout out to the piece I wrote on for boss rush, but I wrote a piece on what to watch ahead of, Multiverse of Madness, um, and and WandaVision is one of those, and so I, I've watched the first three episodes again, and that show is so well done. Uh, plus, Elizabeth Olsen is is Wanda. Mm. Yes, great, perfect. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Anthony Hopkins plays Odin. Uh, it's uh, I mean, this was this was clearly the big name of the movie, right? I think him and Natalie Portman. Like you said earlier, Mark, like these were the two big names that they got. Um, kind of, I don't know. I, I mean, he wasn't in it a whole lot, obviously. Like at the beginning, obviously, when he was uh, trying to make Thor the the king or whatever, the proper king or whatever, and then he banned him, right? And then he kind of goes into a coma in a, in a sense for the rest of the movie until the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was, I mean, he was serviceable. He, I don't know. He was fine. He didn't really like 
pull me one way or the other except for the very end. But um, how do we feel about Anthony Hopkins as Odin with a cool eye patch? I feel like I feel like that was honestly a solid performance by him. And Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins always shines in roles that he's in and stuff like that. And this and this was no exception. You know, like you know, he played he played. He played that that patriarch pretty well, you know that that role and everything. And you know, like, and you know, you could, uh, you know, like, just like how Mark pointed out that he that you know, like, this is a movie about fathers and sons. Like, you could tell, like, the guy was going through pains just trying to teach his both his sons a lesson. He he was because you know, like, you had the one you had the one son that knew he was going to be king. So you know, like, he's always being he's always being an ass. He's always you know, like you know, just over the top and everything and stuff like that. You have the one king. You have the one the one son that could be king, but is not in line to be king. You know, right. he the dad knows he has a past that he needs to protect and everything. But at the same time, you know, like he doesn't want to stand in his way. You know, he wants him to also realize his own greatness and his own glory and his own way and stuff like that. Which is why, like, when he was like, every time he would come after Thor and stuff, every time Loki would try to say something to kind of like, kind of like deflect and whatnot, like he immediately they just jumped on him. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's so, but yeah, so Hopkins played Hopkins played the role tremendously well. I I, I will say that, and I, I actually I actually liked it. And, you know, like um, it's it's crazy to think that you know, like we eventually get to a point where like where like Hopkins is no longer in the MCU, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I I loved his performance. I thought it was I thought it was a great performance and and this was the one his performance was the one I felt like connective thread to future Thor films where if you watch his scenes particularly the scene where Loki finds out that he's he's a Jotun um uh it, it, but you know like the story of Thor Ragnarok and you watch the the pain that which I which I think it's very clear that they didn't know the story of Thor Ragnarok when they were making this film. But you watch like the pain that he as a father is going through. But you know that he had a firstborn who he thought would take over, who was Hela, and that didn't work out. And then you've got Thor, who he thought was going to take over, and that didn't work out. And then you've got Loki, who he thought you know couldn't take over because yeah. he was a Jotun. But like. There's just so much depth to that performance that really, I think that's the one key thing that really ties together the Thor story throughout the MCU is, is his performance and his story. Now, you know what's interesting about that you're saying all that? Like, I was I was paying attention and looking for if they were going to mention anything that there was another another child or another heir to the throne out uh-huh. there. And and this is the one thing I can tell for sure that they did not they did not have any plan for and stuff like that and it's and it's a, and it's a shame right. too you know because right. because like you know like honestly it caught everybody it, it caught everybody by surprise you know you know the you know in the audience and stuff like that and i was and i honestly feel like it caught everybody by surprise too you know and you know like you know behind the scenes you know in production and stuff like that you know um yeah. that being said you know hella is an actual part of like the you know the canon as a matter of fact as a matter of fact, everyone was speculating that that was the um, that was the death that uh, Thanos was in love with because, like you know, like she is basically the bringer of death, you know. Right. Uh, right. You know, on on a on a universal scale, because you know, like you know, like the um, the realms of the the realms of uh, I forget what I forget what um I forget where Asgard. What what realm is Asgard in? Is um, it Asgard the realm? Yeah, like there's yeah, not, there's, there's, not, there's nine realms. Like what 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 realm is Asgard <laughs> supposed to be in? 
I thought Asgard was the realm. Is the, is the realm it's, itself? Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I thought yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. was a different. I thought that was a different name for it. Okay, but anyway, um, yeah, um, you know, like so. Basically, she was like she was like the she was like the harbinger of death for all the realms and stuff like that. So you know, like I you know like honestly thought like when they fought when they when they started introducing Thanos and stuff and you know then Hela shows up you know I was like uh oh like we're gonna right. see her again before Phase Three is over. <laughs> right, but. That didn't pan out quite. Yeah. But, oh, she'll, know, be just, it, she'll be back. I hope so because she she had a great, a little campy, yeah. but but a great performance. But I, I just I loved. I mean, I, I you know I read something about that scene where Thor's getting banished. Like everyone, like behind the scenes while they're filming that, were in tears. Like just the 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 weight of that performance and what's happening. I don't know. I I, I could go on about. I can go on about the two scenes that I've mentioned a hundred times forever mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. I, I loved anthony hopkins performance yeah yeah well it was it, it, overall it was a well played out part even, even the part where he was sleeping <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh renee uh renee russo played uh what's her name friga 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 yeah uh, they don't really ever say her name in this she's just the queen right so yeah. uh serviceable i mean she wasn't in it very much but yeah serviceable uh so jane foster played by natalie portman uh did you buy it you guys buy it you picking up what she's putting down Mm. Uh, you know i thought she was the weakest part of the movie yes yes i will say that i will also you know what i you know, I had such a big I, I back back when back when Thor was new, like I had such a thing for Natalie Portman. I felt like she could do no wrong and stuff like that. So, you know, like ultimately, like I like back in twenty eleven, I was like, Okay, this is a pretty good performance, you know, like especially when you look at the comic books and stuff like that. Like when Jane Foster was initially introduced, she was like a freaking nurse, you know, to Dr. Donald Blake and all this stuff. And she was like the right. quintessential, she was a quintessential damsel in distress, just like Pepper Potts was back in those days and all that stuff. But at, at the same time, she was also like useless chick, you know? <laughs> so, you know, like the one thing I will say is thank God they modernized her, you know? Um, but also, you know, like, I feel like, you know, she did good for what she she was basically a supporting role like she was by by no stretch was jane foster like basically a main character in my opinion in this movie i feel like i feel like the main characters were honestly like 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 chris uh chris tom and uh and anthony i feel i feel like those were the main characters and everybody else was playing supporting roles you know she um, was she's clearly like the love interest right like i mean that's that's that was her role in this movie and like I feel like that. I feel like if they would have gone more into the sciencey stuff, I feel like that would have been like way it more interesting. Given, it would have given her. It would have given her more weight. Yeah, and I, honestly, like for me, I think it would have been way more interesting, based on where the MCU was at that time, where everything is based on science and kind of grounded in some sort of reality, right? And like explaining the this magic that's happening through science and them discovering science through science, what is happening on these other worlds would have been super interesting and really fit with what was going on. And like, yeah, they still kind of touched on that. And yeah, they still kind of, you know, science is still a big part of this movie, but like, I still feel like if they would have gone that route, it would have been way more interesting to me than them just kind of glossing over it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, as far as the damsel in distress, she was fine. Um, and she wasn't, she wasn't really in distress, though. She, like, she was just there. Like, I felt like her character was wasted. They could have put yeah. anybody in yeah. that role. Yeah. And, like, I, 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 I don't know that. if they were, like, thinking ahead and thinking that she was going to stick around and play Lady Thor or whatever, or if, like, Lady Thor was even a thing at this point in the comics. I don't I don't even know. And they're like, well, we need a big name to take on that mantle at some point. And then, you know, she was coming back and then she wasn't coming back and now she is back. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like she was really wasted in this movie. I, I Like they could have paid, they could have paid some, someone you don't know to be fit that role and would have been just as serviceable. I feel like they mm, wasted right. their money on, Natalie Portman, because especially yeah. in like the early, you know, the mid and in late two thousands and the twenty ten, she was a huge name, you know. I yeah. just, yeah, just wasted. I feel like. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, Idris Elba is Heimdall. Cool, cool character. I wish, like, I know that he's utilized more in the next couple movies, but uh. I, I like this character. I think he's cool. Also, Idris Elba just makes any character cool. Let's be honest. True. True. Yes. Uh, he could play a paper salesman, and he would be cool. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Which in he the did. office. <laughs> and, and he was. Yeah. <laughs> right. I always forget he's in the office. I know, and he shows up, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now he's Knuckles. He made yeah. Sonic cool. Idris Elba made yeah. Sonic cool. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that fight, like the fight scene when he gets fro like right before he gets frozen. That was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And then like when he kills the two ice giants, when he goes back to open the bridge. Yeah. Uh, Darcy was played by Kat Dennings. Uh, super charming, yes. super funny. Yes. Love that role. She's... Love that role. Love, loved it originally. Loved it. Loved it now. Yeah. And, and the fact that, and the fact that she's it. back is just yeah. even more exciting in like a bigger role kind of in the MCU. It's just really exciting. Yeah. I thought she was good as the comedic, um, uh, just like the, the comedy part. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, she was very likable. Mm-hmm. Especially coming off, like, she, I almost feel like she was typecast in this role to an extent based off what she had done before this right like uh the two broke girls two broke girls nick and nora's infinite playlist and there's one other one where she's like the comedic relief and like she's funny don't get me wrong but i'm just right. glad she's back in like a more serious darcy role at this point yeah uh eric selvig played by uh stellan skarsgård great great daddy skarsgård a- anytime he's in a movie he's just awesome I like yep. this actor a lot. Yeah, me too. Uh, really sold the you know scientist and like the bar scene is really hilarious and yeah, I, he he I, he's just a really likable actor in a really likable role. It's I don't really have much else to say about him. I just really like him in this role. And isn't he Nordic in real <laughs> yeah. life or something? Because like yeah, he think... really it was a nice you know, touch that, that this character was kind of from the realm of Vikings and Norse mythology and all of that to kind mm-hmm. of add a little bit of credibility to the, the story that they were telling, which I'm sure was intentional, but it helps that he's also just a really great actor. Yeah. He's Swedish. So 
Swedish. Yeah. I just I looked it up on Wikipedia just now. He's Man, tall. that family, by the way, the Skarsgård family, they're all very talented. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, isn't uh one the one of them played the clown guy and it one's Pennywise and then one was um in True Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, True Blood, and he was Tarzan later on. Yeah, and Tarzan. He yes, was also right. in uh, Godzilla versus Kong, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I I hope he gets a big break at some point. Like, I mean, I know these are like big movies or whatever, but like, I I I hope he gets a hit someday. Like, just like a, because he's a good actor. He just I feel like he gets stuck in these roles that like. Oh, you're kind of okay. Right. Uh, the Warriors 3, played by Ray Stevenson, Josh Dallas, and Tadanabu uh, Asano. I liked them. They were fun. Uh, I mean, they were kind of silly, but they were fun overall, I think. Yeah, I, I feel the same way I feel about the Warriors 3 as I do about the Howling Commandos in captain america where there's so much potential there uh-huh. and they're great characters and they're cast well and they just kind of fall to the wayside and they could have been like a much bigger deal but they just don't ever really amount to anything and it's not because the performances are bad it's just the story kind of leaves them behind and i feel like there could have been so much more with them yeah yeah i agree i think i mean the howling commandos at least got agent carter at some point in a couple right, episodes right. but like yeah, I, f- I agree with you. I feel like there's so much potential for them, and they just didn't utilize them at all. Like, yeah, you know, even moving forward, I don't remember them be- playing a big role in Dark World either. And I know they like die instantly in Thor Ragnarok. So, right, yeah. Well, and and uh, Josh Dallas's character gets recast. Yeah, uh, Zachary Levi, right? Zachary Levi, right? Which who auditioned for it first and was gonna get cast, but then he had a scheduling issue. Yeah, and so yeah. Yeah, uh, and then Lady Sif, played by Jamie Alexander, um, also a character I feel like was super underutilized. Mm-hmm. And they had her on that episode of, or maybe one or two episodes of Agents of Shield. She was on two episodes of Agents of Shield. Um, yeah. She uh, she 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 was in a she was in a real quick guest spot in Loki. Was she in Loki? She was. Yeah. Yeah. When they. Uh, listeners, if you are if you haven't seen Loki yet, here's your chance. Here's your chance to check out for about 15 seconds. She was in the, she was in the spot where when they put him in his own personal his personal time hell. Oh like, yeah 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 yeah. Okay yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. She slaps him. She, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, yeah. 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 But didn't never. she get recast too? No. No. She never, no. She never got recast. Like her her character just has never shown back up because. Which. She that moved. was another weird thing. She should have been in more. She was really good. Yeah, well, well, I mean, well, I mean, she wound up getting. Well, I mean, like, I guess, you know, like they could have recast her, but you know, like she blew up big because of um the the NBC uh, show, the one where she was the amnesiac blind spot. Blind spot. There you go. Hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a shame because she's really good. I I wonder if she'll. She didn't. She didn't die in Thor Ragnarok, did she? No. No, and it wasn't talked. Yeah, she wasn't talked about, and I think she's supposed to be in Love and Thunder. uh, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Yeah, man, they're gonna have like a Lady Thor team, right? With Lady Thor and Valkyrie and Seriously. Lady Lady Sif, right? 
Yeah. That's going to be cool. I've watched that. I'm going to watch it. That was, that was yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently she is, <laughs> she is, is back in the work war. Great. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Cause I actually love, I actually love her character. Yeah. She's awesome. Like just, yeah. just her, just her appearances on, just her appearances on agents of shield was just, yo, I like she, it would have made more sense if her and Thor were like the item. The item. This movie. Yeah. Like, I mean, I not... think they were trying to play that up a little bit because yeah, there was, they, they would zoom in on her face when he would talk about Jane and like they would, mm-hmm. yeah, they were trying to play up some romance between the two. Yeah. Like maybe she had a thing for well, him. Or she like... had a thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so char- that, that's the, ca- those are the characters, right? I mean, that's, that's just kind of like uh, where we're sitting here with the characters and, I don't know. Like the cast isn't bad. I I liked everybody and yeah. Any uh any favorite moments we have in this in this movie? I mean, I know we kind of talked a lot about a lot of the scenes in this movie. But I like I like how I like how when um when when Thor and his act of defiance went to went to Jotunheim to like mm-hmm. throw to like throw down a challenge and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like like the like the, the ice giants decide they want to talk shit after after like the king mm-hmm. like had talked him down. Yeah. <laughs> like run home little princess and he turned around yeah. and just started like, smashing it's everybody. Like, it's like it's like it's like dude, like uh like you know, like you just heard your big boss, you know, say, Hey, turn your ass around and go home, you know, mm-hmm. or there will be some shit and then you break break ranks and start some shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was a that was a cool fight scene. I really like. Yeah, it definitely like it was definitely a change of pace for the MCU, right? Where like the opening, I know the real opening was like them in the van getting caught in the tornado or whatever, but like this being kind of the first real opening of the of the movie, right? I, I feel like this is the first movie where we saw like true violence well, in the MCU. I feel like it is. Well, I mean, it's not just that, but it's also like. We had a huge action scene to open up the other the movie, whereas the other movies like we didn't really have that. Right, we had Tony Stark gambling and receiving an award or whatever in the first Iron Man. Right. Yeah, uh, Hulk was like him working in the bottle factory, right? And Iron Man Two was like, yeah, he jumped out of a plane in the Iron Man suit, but like it wasn't really like a big action scene. This was the first time right. the movie MCU movie opened with an action scene. I feel like. I feel like they had to do that to get people excited about Thor because I don't think a lot of people were excited about Thor. You know what I mean? I mean, like, maybe people were excited for Thor, but not, like, like when he's not as exciting of a character as, like, the Hulk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, so right. I think I feel like they had to do that to really draw people into the movie. But yeah. it was cool, though. I mean... But like you said, real violence. Like you see the ice. Like you see a uh, one of the warriors three get in, almost impaled with the ice at one point. Yeah, uh, and then uh, him f- kind of just. I, it was cool. It was a cool scene. I loved those scenes because they they hinted at the playful kind of carefree Thor. Um, you know, like after he that we see. It's the same Thor that we I mean, saw in What If. It's it's that Thor. 
Right, but we see a little bit more of that playfulness. I feel like Chris Hemsworth's performance is so overburdened and weighed down in this movie, and, and so we see a little bit of that levity in those scenes. So yeah, I think those those scenes were nice and kind of setting that that tone a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I mean, I, I gotta I gotta go to those those two scenes that I've mentioned. The the Loki finding out that he's not Asgardian and and Thor getting banished. Those two mm-hmm. scenes, I think, rank not only as a, for me as the best in this film, but in the best of the MCU um, as a whole. They're they're so powerful and impactful and tragic and emotional and really well done. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would have to agree with you. I think I think the scene that sticks out the most to me is definitely like Loki like screaming at Odin you know, trying to figure out why he kept that secret from him and everything like that's just such an impactful scene. And even we're still seeing that play out, you know, in a sense here where like, you know, definitely change. I feel like, yeah, Loki's the God of deception or whatever, but like also that little thing can change the trajectory so much of a person. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think now we're finally just seeing the resolve of, of that and Loki kind of coming to terms with who he is, you know, maybe he's still trying to deceive people, you know, whatever in Loki season two or whatever, but it's just like definitely still holding on to that scene in particular. It's funny that you mentioned that because it feels like we've been on such a long journey with Loki over these past, however many years for the MCU, but really the Loki that we're now following is not that far removed from this Loki because it's the Loki at the end of Avengers, the first mm-hmm. yeah. one. Yeah. And so all this stuff that happened after that didn't happen to this Loki. And so yeah. it just, you're so right. It just now feels like Loki has finally shed that being in his brother's shadow and that he's not Asgardian and all of that. He's finally come into his own after 12 years, but really it's only been one year. Yeah. Which is crazy. You know? Right. So crazy to think about that. Yeah, I, I actually I actually forgot that like the Loki in Loki is not Loki. It's the it's the right. <laughs> yeah the Avengers Loki. So right, gosh man, there's so many just twists. So many. I forgot about that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I forgot. Yeah, man. Yeah. So all right, worst. What's what's the worst thing about this movie? The worst thing about this movie? Yes. What's your least favorite thing about this movie? <sighs> Pacing. 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 This was a this was a this is an oddly paced paced movie. You know, um, you know, like it when you look at when you look at the movie on the surface, like like Mark said, it's it's a movie of fathers and sons and family and stuff like that. Uh, but it's also it's also a movie that care. It's also a movie that shows the fall someone's fall from grace in their redemption arc, and it's just weirdly it's just weirdly paced because it's peppered in with like really like odd bits that kind of pull you out of the moment. Like I mean, you know, like you know, like. You know, like he's trying to he's trying to, you know, fit his worthiness in. So like he immediately finds Mjolnir, you know, and goes and like whips meow, a whole meow. bunch of shields <laughs> <laughs> whoops a bunch of shields agents' asses and then and then, you know, can't pick up can't pick up the hammer, you know, stuff like that. Which I which I was like, Man, why the hell why the hell could we have Captain America right now? Just 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 to get in the bunch just a little bit, you know? <laughs> you know. Um 
you know, and then and then all of a sudden it was back to like to like, like sulking and brooding again. And then you know like and then you know like he the I think the part that kind of like makes up for that is like when like when like the the warriors show up. And he realizes that he is just a liability at that point. Like he wants mm-hmm. to be in the thick of it, and, you know, be in the glory with with his brothers and sister and stuff like that, you know. But at the same time, in, in arms, you know. But at the same time, you know, like he knows he is a liability. But he puts himself out there in a different way by saying that he can at least save the the innocent bystanders in the town right now before the destroyer does its thing and stuff like that. So yeah, so pacing was bad, but ultimately it got to where it needed to be. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So the worst thing about this movie for me, I remembered what I didn't like about this movie and why it's so sour. The end fight when Loki is fighting and finally gets his armor and the hammer back and Natalie Portman literally stares into the camera and says, Oh Oh my God. God. And it's like, Oh my gosh. It's it's, no, I I get what you're trying to do. That was bad. Did not land. Did not land at all. And then she's like, like from that point on, it just feels like she's just not acting well. Like she's just like, "Is this how you normally look?" I like right. it or whatever. I'm like, "God, just stop!" I get it. We we get it. We get it. Somebody on the cutting room floor should have saw that and just been like, "She cut this. This movie's almost two hours right. long anyway. We can afford to cut like thirty seconds of Natalie Portman talking." Like, like it. it she's just like I. Her delivery was bad. It's not like I feel like if the joke was delivered better, it would have been obviously it would have been better, but like it just didn't hit. And I feel like somebody should have caught that. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. that's the part. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, no. Um, man, I forgot. I forgot that cat Jennings called Mjolnir meow meow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good scene. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about that uh, after credit scene. Uh, so Nick Fury uh, or uh, Doctor uh, Selvig is is kind of making his way through these tunnels, and it appears to be some sort of shield base, right? Is what I'm assuming. Yeah, and I think he's in the base that they're in at the beginning of Avengers. Yeah, yeah. And so he is kind of walking through these tunnels and he comes face to face with uh, Nick Fury, who opens a briefcase with the Tesseract in it. And he informs uh, Dr. Selvig that it is power and potentially limitless power. And then you see a profile uh, camera shot of Dr. Selvig, but in the mirror, Loki is behind him. And Loki says something, and then Dr. Selvig mimics what Loki said. And then that's where the scene ends. That's a very interesting scene because Loki's not really there. Right. So somebody explain to me where Loki is. Because, like, I didn't, like, at the, like, it kind of introduces that, uh, almost like a interdimensional thing right is that what i'm getting at well so i think because because when we see dr selvig at the beginning of avengers he's with loki and loki has controlled him with the mind stone with his staff and so but that happens in the movie yeah 
Does that happen in the movie? Yeah. Because he he gets Doctor yeah, Selvig yeah, he, and then he yeah. gets Hawkeye. He gets yeah he gets yeah he gets oh, Doctor right. first You're then right. Hawkeye You're right. yeah. You're right. I think that they knew that they wanted Loki to be controlling Doctor Selvig. They didn't know how they were going to get there, and so I think that they were just trying to show that Loki was involved with the finding of the Tesseract and the kind of tracking where it was because he knew that it was important. Wait, wait, wait. Was the Tesseract... Was it... Okay, because I'm thinking of the of the entire MCU movie history right now. Was the Tesseract lost at that point? Because I thought Fury always had in his possession, you know, through Flurkin, you know. No, because I... it, it... So at the end of Captain America, uh, Red Skull's holding the Tesseract. It takes him, sends him off to, I guess, uh, the Vormir, where he's now in charge of the soul yeah Star. but um, and then the tesseract falls through the the ship and falls into the ocean and then in in agent carter we see um howard stark like trying to find it and he finds it in like the 70s or Ooh, something. i need to, oh, i need to catch i need to rewatch agent carter it's been so long like, where, I, so I, there I was a time period that. where they didn't know where it was it was in the ocean along with captain america he was in the ocean, and then they, and then Stark and Shield had control over it, like in the seventies or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I, I kind of, I know they needed to have Loki be a physical presence in Avengers, but I kind of like this form of uh, control better, in a sense. But I don't know how you would have done that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Sorry, I had to mute my microphone. My son is crying, so I thought. Yeah. I, I thought I was like, "Is my uh, monitor on?" Like I thought. Mike was crying. <laughs> no, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I just, I just had to mute myself real quick because started to cry. But, uh, yeah. So that's that's our that's our overall thoughts on Thor. Let's rank this baby. All right. Here we go. So our official rankings. Let me pull up our Discord. I don't remember what we had. I know, was it Hulk at three, Iron Man two at two, and Iron Man one at one? Is that where we're yeah. sitting at? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Okay. So, like Samuel L. Jackson said in that one movie, "Hold on to your butts." <laughs> uh, so, I'm just gonna come out right now and say this is my least favorite MCU movie at this point. Uh, this movie has a in my in my opinion this movie has a higher ranking than than the incredible hulk but not by much okay uh what about you mark where's where do you sit oh this is number one right now i I want to hear him say it i want to hear him say it oh my bad my bad i'm sorry i didn't mean to didn't mean to steal your thunder man i'm sorry this is not number one on my list okay it's number two there is some hope for you yes I can't deny the impact of the first Iron Man film, and I can't divorce that from from my enjoyment of that movie, the impact of the MCU as a whole, and the impact on um, just modern superhero films as a whole. So, so I can't, it's really, really hard to dethrone that. So, but I would say that that Thor is a close, close second for me. 
Wow. All right. So it looks like we have to actually like place this movie somewhere. So Ron has it right above Incredible Hulk. I have it last. So it's definitely not last. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, is it's better than you guys both think it's better than Hulk? So it's going at least above there. Mm-hmm. You guys have to fight it out for Iron Man two because I don't if it's better or not. Then see, Iron I enjoy I, I enjoyed I enjoyed Iron Man two better than I enjoyed this film. Well, it I, seems like I, if two if two people are wrong and think that it's <laughs> that as low as it is. It seems like that holds more majority rules. That holds more weight. So it I know, but like you can you can make your case. I want if you can if convince. The, if the past, if the past hour and a half. Actually, no, 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 Mark, you. no, Mark has made a wonderful case for the film. Honestly, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, as he's talked about it this past this past hour now, like it's actually helped me like rethink rethink things. It's not making me rethink things enough that I'm going to watch this movie again in the next week or so. But you know, uh, it's made me rethink a few things about how I looked at the movie. Like, I mean, the movie. The movie just uh, the movie just didn't entertain me that much, you know. It entertained me more than The Incredible Hulk, but not more than Iron Man 2, which is crazy because going in I was like Iron Man 2 is the worst phase 1 movie. Oh man, dude, I really like Iron Man 2. I think Iron Man I 2 is too. awesome. <laughs> I like Iron Man 2. Especially you know, after rewatching like, it and like like, like seeing how good. it f- has like expanded into the overall universe now it's like i really like iron man 2 i feel like i feel like after iron the first the original iron man came and started the whole thing everything was lukewarm until captain america came and then captain america came then we had avengers steam rolled us and then what was the next what was the next movie was iron, iron man, man 3? 3 yeah like we just had we just had the steamroll effect you know after captain america you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so all right so are we putting thor above incredible hulk and under iron man 2 is that what I'm hearing, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna help Mark out. Oh God! I'm gonna help Mark out. As a writer, as a writer, I understand. I get it. I was. I guess I was just too caught up in like the fact that this is a superhero movie, and I didn't pay attention to the classical aspects of writing and cinema for this film. Oh, no. So, looking at this now, like it edges itself out just above Iron Man two. Yes. No. Oh. That's. This Gross. Is, this is the last bone I'm going to throw you oh. for this entire MCU standard definition, Mark. This is the last one. Oh man! So you're going to have you're going to have to fight for every single one after that. So I'll see you. I'll see you again for uh, um, what's the next movie? I think was a well. We'll fight this out when um when when Dark World comes up. Oh no! <laughs> I think we're going to find out next week because uh uh. Captain America, the first one, was my least favorite. Oh, the first last, time. Last, this is my, this is my favorite me. Phase One movie. Last me. I will remember this kind gesture that you paid me. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate yes. it. Yes. Yeah. All right. So the our cool cr- thing, the, the cool thing about this is I actually get I actually get the boyfriend to watch this next movie with me because he actually wants to watch Captain America. He he has not wanted to watch any of the other ones so far in Phase One. <laughs> I love Captain America so much. All right, so here's our official ranking through four movies. We have I can't this list is so jacked. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why we're doing it. Okay, so honestly on ev- like 90% of everybody else's list is probably what it's supposed to look like, but in my head this list is just so jacked. Uh <laughs> 
Incredible Hulk sitting at number four, Iron Man 2 at number three, Thor at number two, and Iron Man at number one. Still sitting pretty. Man, man, I can't believe I helped propel Thor to a second place. Leron. I'm, I'm, I'm a big softy. I'm a big softy. You I'll know give what? you doing the Lord's you work. Know, I'll give you, know, you Hulk, you know, but Iron Man two. Oh, you know, you know, I, I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to need to have to form an alliance with Mark at some point in the future here. You know, as, a, as a, as a fellow member of the writing team oh, from Boss no. First. So I feel like, I feel like I need to, like, I write you know, stuff. like, I know you write stuff, and we, and we, we Corey, we already have perfect synergy. <laughs> oh, man, all right. Well, <laughs> dude, dude, it doesn't list. matter because you, because you and I are locked in that Captain America is number one. So, I mean, just... ah, man, this list. I'm gonna come hard next week. Oh, <laughs> God. On that, on that note, we're gonna get out of here. I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Standard Definition. Uh, let us know what your rankings are on our Discord or on Twitter when you see the episodes post. We really want to know your thoughts so far. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Network. You can check out all of our content on BossRush.net. Check out Mark's What to Watch Before Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Excellent article. Great article, Mark. I have Thanks. it. I was pretty happy with that one. So, side tangent, I started using Buffer for my own social media stuff uh, just to schedule out posts for boss rush stuff and Mm -hmm. that's in my queue because i thought it was so impressive thanks so i I think i actually put like two or three of mark's things in my buffer this week so uh anyways mark where can we find you uh you can find me um uh bossrush.net i'm writing articles and stuff about um entertainment and video games and and things like that and you can find me on twitter except in Pereira. Laurent. Uh You can find me on social media at Exodus803, E-X-O-D-U-S-803. Uh, that's also my Twitch and YouTube channels um, and my PSN Gamertag as well, as well as my Steam Gamertag also. Um, and do not forget, Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch.tv slash Exodus803 for Crossroads PlayStation Podcast Show and partner with the Boss Rush Network. And also, I am one of the, I am one of the hosts of the boss rush podcast it happens wednesday nights and i am the i am the lead host for boss rush after dark which is one of our patron shows that you can check out early early in advance there you go yes you can find me at i am cory hd on twitter and instagram you can find me hosting the boss rush podcast uh tower casuals the destiny podcast arsenal x the xbox podcast and other things here on the Boss Rush Network. You can also probably see me appearing on Nintendo Power Block soon, too. So, check that out. So I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Bye. Later, y'all. Bye.